You're not alone when it comes to trying new shiny diets, each one promising to make you feel incredible until you realize it's making you feel hungry and deprived and damaging your confidence a little more than the last diet you tried. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to the Anti-Diet Podcast Show, a podcast on a mission to help you break free from yo-yo dieting and equip you with evidence-based advice so you can feel more confidence in yourself without ever feeling deprived. I'm Farah Karamburi, a deep health practitioner practitioner, an author, a keynote speaker, and the founder of the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Each episode is created to help you take one step forward in your weight loss journey without being on a diet. Each day, I will bring you a wealth of knowledge about how you can lose weight without being on a diet. And each week, I'm going to be joined by a guest or a client that's going to give us the insights and the expert advice in the world of well-being. So together, we can learn from real-life trial and triumphs. Evening, guys. Hope you're well. How are you doing on this uh, rainy Thursday evening? Hope everybody's well and hope you're joining me for uh, improving your sleep because I'll let you know sleep has lots and lots of effect on uh, weight loss is one thing but everything else in your life too. So I'm going to just uh, give you a bit of context beforehand and I'm going to give you some tips on how to improve. Some very simple routines that you can put in into your daily routine um, but not going from zero to hundred. We're just going to do things very very just one step at a time. So okay. Okay, so let's begin. Uh, I have got a, mon- a phone here that I can see any questions that you may. So, if you have any questions regarding sleep, if you're someone who's been maybe evening, Elizabeth, how are you doing? Long time no see. You're always watching, but you never say anything. How about just putting a comment there? Do you sleep well? Let me know if you're joining me this evening. Let me know how you sleep. Um, and let's talk about what you can do to improve it. I know I touched on this subject actually in one of my morning lives and hence I brought this um, conversation to light today because I, I think there's so many people that don't actually understand their sleep in particular that they don't understand it really well. And for example, you might be really good at your exercise, you might be amazing at your nutrition, you've smashed it, you're getting those, but you're not good at your sleep. And that's what is not going, it's gonna stop you moving forward basically, if you don't actually get the sleep more in line with everything else. So in case you haven't heard, sleep is absolutely crucial to your health. I think you have heard that. With a very few simple stretches, you can get high quality restful sleep your body and mind deserves. is a body and mind detox. So sleep is as important as nutrition when it comes to improving your health performance and body composition. So if you're looking to kind of get six pack or you're looking to get a flatter tummy or you get looking to get particular um body shape you uh sleep is actually gonna play a big role in that good sleep helps our body and mind recover the key it keeps us lean believe it or not it keeps us happy and mentally focused and more productive but chronically bad sleep well, guess what bad sleep can do slathers on the body fat yeah, that exact that exact line slathers on the body fat, screws up your hormones, literally screws them up, ages us faster. <laughs> I don't think you want to hear that. Increases chronic illnesses and drains our IQ and our mojo. Basically, we're just like flat if we don't actually have good enough sleep. So, making sure that uh, the sleep is looked upon as something important in your life and not just um, not just 
uh, ignored. Fortunately, research has also shown that returning to adequate sleep can quickly recover, can reduce these risks. So if you've had a very poor sleep for a while and you're like, you, you, you know you want to do something about it and you haven't done something and you want to start doing it, and this particular coaching session is going to help you to actually start achieving that. So how do you start? What I want you to do is to create a sleep routine. Look at your routine right now. In fact, have you got one? You may not have one. Every day, maybe you sleep different times. Maybe you just wait till you are tired. Maybe you just keep watching lots of TV. Maybe you're not going to work lately because of COVID and you think, well, what's the point of sleeping a certain time? All of those things may be having a detrimental effect to your sleep. So just like you can't go from zero to 100 first thing in the morning, you cannot do the reverse at night. So what do I mean by that? Going from on to off in a few minutes doesn't happen. So when you wake up in the morning, you don't just kind of spring out of bed. Most people struggle with that. I'm definitely the one who takes a bit of like an hour to warm up. Half an hour for sure. And I don't speak to anyone. So at night time, it's exactly the same. You can't just switch off, put your things away and fall asleep. Some people can, I know. But is it your restful sleep? Do you sleep really restfully? Maybe you do. I don't know. So if your body needs transition time and environmental cues to actually wind down, and that's what I want to talk to you about. So the first step to getting more sleep is to create a better routine that tells your body you are getting ready to sleep. Over time, if, you, if you're consistent, your body will start to process of gearing down automatically. It's just like you train your body. It's just like you train your body to eat certain times to go to work certain times, to do whatever you do exactly on those particular times, your body is now used to that. Sleep is very similar. So when you first create the routine, you have to remind yourself and work a little bit harder in creating that routine, but soon you will know that routine is created. So what, what do I mean by that? So come nine o'clock, for example, you'll start getting feeling tired if 9.30 is your bedtime, because your body now knows that at 9.30 you should be fast asleep. This is just an example. So keeping a regular schedule, our bodies like regularity, believe it or not. People who live their lives with no plan, no regularity are all over the place and they cannot tell in which part of their life things are not going well in order to fix it, in order to make improvement, in order to go forward because it's all over the shop. When you have regularity in things, you can actually track back, look at the data, and see where is it that you are struggling and where do you need to make an improvement. So try and go to bed and wake up at the same time every day and night. Doesn't matter if it's COVID, doesn't matter what's going on. Apart from the week's holiday you, you, that you take, you know, I'm trying to switch my alarm off, but my body automatically wakes up. So while it might be unrealistic to do this seven days a week, especially if you have young children like I do, try to be consistent as possible. So if you're consistent, your body will know when to release of calming hormones. Hello Sharon, thanks for joining me. Uh, if you've got any sleep questions, let me know. Let me know how you sleep. It'd be interesting to know how you sleep. So if you're consistent, your body will know when to release calming hormones before bed and stimulating hormones to help you wake up. You will feel sleepy when it's bedtime and you will be awake when it's time to wake up because this is science guys, yeah, this is science. When you have a regular routine, the body will release the right hormones at the right time. Exactly the same as if you eat every four hours, every four hours your body is going to start getting hungry because that's what you do. But if you eat every hour, your body doesn't quite know 
it, it will just it will just be hungry constantly or it'll just be wanting food constantly it's whatever however you want to treat your body if you think negatively constantly you will just be a negative person if you think positively mostly you will be a positive person it's however you train your mind and body is absolutely up to you what you say and how you portray the word and your perspective on things in life so keeping the alcohol and caffeine moderate genuinely restful and restorative sleep comes from deep sleep okay there is pe the people say to me that i pass out the passing out is never a restful sleep okay even though it seems like booze is relaxing and that one to two drinks in the evening are going to be okay but they can interfere with deep sleep so can too much caffeine so if you uh, so if it's about five o'clock and you decide to have a coffee maybe that will you know affect your sleep so maybe having coffee more towards the morning might be better because caffeine even if you have a decaf there's about 33 percent caffeine in decaf so decaf is never not just a no caffeine so be aware of the amounts of caffeine in what you're having so maybe going for maybe going for um i don't know if you need a bit of a pickup diet soda or something like that if you need to have a say if you are out with someone at five o'clock and you decide to have a coffee think about your drink choices at that kind of time especially if you're going to bed by 10. uh sharon's saying i sleep reasonably well but sometimes go to bed too late yeah so again having that regular routine will actually really help you um i, I literally know this for a fact that some of my clients actually struggle or they don't have if they don't have a good bedtime routine they struggle to lose that last bit of fat because of exactly this reason that sleep can interfere with you losing the actual weight as well so making sure that you never oversee the sleep part and there's you busting your ass in the gym and you're like what the hell's going on why is it not working it, there could be that particular reason in there so limit the alcohol to suggested amounts and reduce caffeine after 2 p.m so about 2 p.m you don't want to drink anymore Otherwise, um, although you may sleep for seven hours, it will be of high quality. So it, it, was, it will almost feel like you've slept for maybe three hours or a few, and the benefits won't be there. And eat and drink appropriately. Now, there's, there's a myth about what time shall I have my last meal? Hello, hello, Sharon. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> there's a, you may have heard that um, eating a large meal at certain times may disrupt your sleep or it gets too heavy on your tummy there is a little bit of truth about it there is a truth to it there in fact in my um my mom's uh is brazilian and where in brazil when we when i went to see my nan a few years back now a uh, good few years back now i um the, the way they eat their food is they have a kind of an orange juice coffee for breakfast and then at lunchtime which is very early by the way it's 12 o'clock it's almost like intermittent fasting. I, that's how it felt like. They had this massive spread of food. They have uh, fish, they refried beans. They have uh, lots of different vegetables. It was like a massive spread, right? But this is it. That was their main meal. You eat, you have a siesta, which is a sleep. It's good life. And in the evening, I saw my aunt, my nan's sisters, or my other nan's, nan's sisters, um, they were all having something very light that idea of having dinner like we have in this country is not didn't doesn't exist there they just had kind of soup some of them just took out something from the fridge from earlier and had a bit of that but there was no big drama as in there was no big uh, dinner in the evening and, and they all 
all of my aunts are like slim and they are like really in good they, they were a couple of them are still around um, they were in good shape and, and i definitely think that's because their bodies are getting a lot more metabolic rest so that nothing's going on after a certain time in, in their body which is a bit like intermittent fasting so having a large meal immediately before bed can disrupt your ability to fall asleep instead eat a regular size or even smallish meal a few hours before going to bed this concept I, I wonder if it ever will come into this country because we do actually have our biggest meal in the evening that's how we have set up but try and see if you can try and see if you could i mean i my meals are exactly the same so not in terms of uh, the size is the same because i eat the handful of carbs and palm size of protein, thumb size of healthy fat, and lots of vegetables. I eat the same kind of food all the time. So for me, the difference is not huge. But if you are thinking of, right, if you're someone who thinks, well, I'm not gonna have a lot for lunch, and I'm not gonna have, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna have a little tiny little soup for lunch, right? So you've pretty much starved all day because you're saving yourself for the evening dinner, and then you sit at home in the evening, you have my massive meal, then you just sit down after that and watch Netflix or TV, and relax and then you go to bed what do you think is going on where is this food going it's gonna struggle and it's going to um, have uh, it's just just gonna, because it's a fall for that reason it's going to disrupt your sleep for no other reason so there's no there's a myth about if you eat late you're gonna be fat that's not true because the being fat or being thin is about calories expenditure uh, what you how what you're burning versus what you're taking in so just make sure that you don't fall into that um, rubbish myths sometimes so a nice blend of protein some carbs and fats will help you uh, keep you satiated satiated so satisfied and might even improve your ability to fall asleep now if you choose to just eat lots of pasta for example and tomato sauce um, that's got no protein in it it'll be quite heavy in carbs you're going to generally feel bloating and heavy especially if you have the water with it so just making sure that what are you actually having do you think you want to walk a little bit afterwards you know have, have, especially in summer can you do a kind of bit of walk after food all of these things help to digest just observe your own tummy you might be someone who's like well eats a massive meal and goes to sleep and no problem well great and we all are, all uh, say good luck to you but for the rest of us we need to just check out how how we are feeling after having such heavy meals so in addition try to limit your fluid intake so this is really important don't try to guzzle your water i have my water still here from the morning I'm not doing well this week by the way with my drinks don't try and have I've, i have every time i've had made myself a herbal tea in the evening just to sit down for a few like half an hour before i go and do the bedtime routine just to wind down i always struggle to i always get up for toilet and I always say to myself, why did I do that? But I just wanted something hot. So I wanted something just like a hot drink and I did, just did it. But the consequences straight away. If you have to wake up from to, uh, to, for toilet because of the drink, okay, you're disrupting something very important and it's not worth the trade-off. So don't have that drink. Don't have that drink. Maybe seven o'clock. Just say, don't have, if you're going to sleep by 10, three hours, try and be clear for any, of any fluids. Little sips of water is okay, especially if you're thirsty. You don't want to not, not honor your body with that. So while total sleep time is important, uninterrupted sleep is even better. I'm telling you something now. If you have a great night's sleep, 
you will see the difference. And if you have a cumulative effect of great night's sleep, you will see the difference. Another thing to note, if you have a bad night's sleep, don't tell yourself you're gonna catch up the next day. It's not like a, a interest builds up. It's not like that. You just don't catch up ever. You don't because that sleep of that night was for that particular day. Hi, hi, Clive. How are you doing? Are you are you suffering from sleep or you have a very good sleep? Let us know in the comment below. Uh, and um, if you have any questions regarding sleep, do tell me that. Another thing you should do. So a lot of people before you fall asleep may suffer from thoughts going through their mind. You know, you've got stresses of the day you're probably obsessed by a few things whatever's going on try try and do some brain dumping what what do i mean by that so we've we've all done it stared at the ceiling you know after light, lights are out we're still staring away obsessing about all the things that happen in the day maybe somebody said something to you in the office or someone was mean to you one of your friends said something that you didn't like or your husband said something that you didn't resolve uh, or your wife said something to you and you're just tossing and turning and getting more and more stressed by the minute. Does that relate to anyone at all? I've been in that position a few times. Um, not too many now because I tend to speak about things and get them off my chest. I've become good at that. Some of it I share with you guys. Most of it I share with you guys. So are you that person maybe who is tossing and turning and keeping all the stress within their own heads? How about in the evening, taking a few minutes to write out a list, whatever's bugging you. Sometimes writing it down transfers it from here onto a piece of paper. It doesn't mean it's solved. It hasn't been resolved. What it does do though, it, keep, it just stops the whole over and over and over thinking of the same thing that's bothering you. So maybe try and write a few things. That's why it's a great idea to have a journal. Journaling is, as a result, this conversation I'm having is journals are great for just getting your thoughts recorded on it. Otherwise you just very, you get this stress, you've slept with that stress or you didn't sleep with that stress. Then you wake up the next morning and then you're gonna have some more stress added to that. Now you're just adding up, your bag is getting fuller and fuller. If you were to brain dump it, then you are um, giving yourself the opportunity to put it on a piece of paper, off of your mind, off of your chest, and maybe that will help you sleep better. So these are ideas. One might work for you or five might work for you. But the big thing is that information that you're listening to today with me is no good without implementation. So if this resonates with you, then try and see if one of your ideas, one of my ideas here will work. So take a few minutes of emails that you need to send or replies, or maybe something you're thinking of that you need to do. You're like, I need to do this tomorrow. I need to do that tomorrow. Oh my God, I forgot to do that. Write a list down write a list and when you get up in the morning you're not thinking you're just doing the things that you've written down versus keeping awake at night which means that you're going to be even more exhausted to do the things and now you're going to forget forgetfulness so lack of sleep can cause alzheimer's in your old age which is now becoming a disease that's on increase and lack of sleep is on increase due to a high usage of um Mobile devices, uh, just devices all around. The blue screens are everywhere, in particular with COVID. What else can we do? We keep saying to ourselves, all of these things are going to have a, an effect on us. Probably is having it right. You're probably feeling it right now. So whenever, whatever it is in your brain, get it out on the piece of paper. Around here, we call this, um, in our house, we call it like brain dump. It clears your mind and, and uh, for genuine relaxation. So 
maybe get in a habit of doing that. If you're someone who's constantly thinking, constantly thinking, I can't just put it away, then something like that can help you turn off electronic devices is my next tip. Digital devices stimulate your brain with the light, white light, the, the light noise and, and mental demands. It's not just looking at picture, pretty pictures, is it? It's reading some intense stuff. It's, it's having an opinion about what's going on, especially with what's happening uh, lately nowadays. And then we just get into involved and then there's another link and we press the link then we read a bit more and before you know it, you've now given yourself this disease that you just read about on the thing. So unplug from all your screen, TVs, computers, phone, tablets, at least 30 minutes before your bedtime. So we were trying, we used to switch off our internet actually, uh, and I don't know why we stopped doing that, unless we haven't. So whoever's the last person to use the internet, which is my son normally, he's 15, um, he was plugged, switched the internet off so that there's no light, infrared lights running through the house so we can all have a better sleep. If you must read your tablet, uh, switch the screen to black or dimmer background. So if you're going to be on your computer, download a program called Flux, which decreases your, so F-L-U-X, it decreases your um, screen color and temperature at nighttime as well. So our brain actually produces uh, its hormone called melatonin. I don't know if you've heard of that as light levels decrease. So body, the way body's made, soon as the sun's setting, the melatonin is being released in our body and that ensures deep sleep, melatonin. So you can actually get um, um, people who struggle to sleep, you can actually have a therapy which contains melatonin for that reason. It may help, it also helps to regulate our metabolism. If we have too much light at night, we can't get proper melatonin in it. Your body never switches off. You, you know, you've heard that uh, phrase, body never switches off. Stretch, read or de-stress before bed. Reading really helps. I know for a fact that my mum falls asleep um, when she is reading. Thanks for the thumbs up guys. Um, she does fall asleep actually. She, she starts reading a few pages and she's done this for years, years and years. She has got good quality. She does have good sleep, but she also is a person that might worry about things and um, you know, at nighttime, but everybody has their own uh, way of dealing with it. But I would suggest that if you don't have uh, a, a routine for nighttime, then one of these things is really definitely gonna help you. Now, this one you might not do. Now, nighttime exercise, if you're working out at nighttime, it will release serotonin, which is that happy hormone. The energy is up high. Sometimes you struggle to sleep after you've worked. So if you run at nighttime as well. I used to be a, a, a runner, and when I used to do long runs, 10K and above, I used to struggle to sleep. I just was so wide awake, so energetic after I finished that, believe it or not, even though I've run so much, it has that effect. Um, but if you were to do a stretching or a yoga or a small, a slow stroll around the block, even five to 15 minutes can release tension and activate calm down chemicals. So if you're struggling with that, you know, lack of sleep, don't just sit there, take an action of some kind, right? So what do you need to do? You know, you might think gentle movement. Well, I'm not going outside now. Okay, that's fine. What about stretch out? You know, you don't need to watch a screen to stretch out. You can just do a stretch on your bedroom floor, on the carpet, reading or read a book, anything that's gonna calm you down. You wanna put yourself in that state versus that state coming to you. Because that doesn't happen sometimes, most of the time. So reading before bedtime, make sure it's not too engaging. So make sure the book isn't going to have a high adventure, high drama that you can't put it down and it's actually got you going, you know, so make sure that it's not too engaging. Otherwise you'd be tempted to stay up and 
if it's a thrilling detective uh, novel then you're going to be up till midnight or even early in the morning I'm sure some of us have been there so meditation deep breathing and simple relaxation exercises breathing is underestimated so massively just just breathing for few breaths just completely re relaxing just before bedtime is going to help you not because I'm saying it because it has a scientific evidence behind that with breathing and we don't actually utilize this enough going to bed before midnight is that a myth or is that a reality well interesting factoid let's see according to some sleep experts because of the way our natural circadian rhythm works every hour sleep before midnight is worth two after the midnight is that true well I don't really know whether it's true or not whether it's even measurable I'm not sure but I've heard it so often and I've heard it repeatedly that maybe it's worth considering actually according to these experts though we are meant to go to sleep when it gets dark and wake up when it gets light so but that saying that it's not quite gonna work in some countries because uh, uh, sun sunrises in this country was at 2 30 in the morning nowadays so I wouldn't quite uh, expect anybody to wake up at that time um, and the sun sets very late so you will be getting enough sleep so it's not all saying early to bed early to rise still stands the test of time for some people so how many hours should you sleep for? There's a huge debate about this one as well. Some people are like, if you get a really good sleep for five hours, that's enough. That's rubbish. It is not enough. Every single person, whatever age you are, okay, let's say age 16 to, to age 18 to 65, you definitely need to sleep, which means seven to nine hours. Seven to nine hours. This is the latest research. Uh, hey, Lucy, how are you doing? Seven to nine hours sleep. Any less than that, if you're older than that, if you're older than 65 years old, then seven hours is your uh, least. So seven hours is your least. Hi, Joey, how are you doing? Um, so if you know you're awake at 5.15 to get ready for work, then you should be in bed by 9.30 and asleep by 10. Getting to bed 10.15 does not count. <laughs> That's right. So you need to have, you take, give yourself half an hour at least to fall asleep. So you need to start getting ready by nine o'clock-ish. Also factor in transition time. Don't stop what you're doing at 9.29. Expect by, and expect to be snoring by 9.30. Like I said, sleep needs a nice ritual. Nice, slow ritual, just like the mornings. When we wake up in the mornings, we need a good half an hour to start moving. The older we are, the longer it takes. But we'll get there. And after that, we'll start to kind of perform. We, we, we start to be, be awake. Nighttime is the same. You need to have that wind down time. So the whole movement started, um, the yeah, so factor in the transition time and uh, understand that you need at least seven to nine. That's your baseline, by the way. I, I absolutely, every single night, try and get a seven hour sleep. We have this big drama in our house where Afro is not getting enough sleep, I think. And I can see that he struggles in the day. He does struggle, whether he wants to believe it or not, but he knows. He says to me, I know, but I'm going to finish this. I want to finish this project. We're doing this online product that we're both, you know, really busy with. And he wants to finish certain things before he sleeps. Um, and he does wake up very early. So he sleeps on time. He wakes up at 4.40 every single day, apart from Saturday um, and Sunday. Apart from Saturday, because we have a, have a date now on Friday. So I think he's getting around six, six and a half hour. But I see that on his face. I see that he struggles a little bit with daily and i see that he needs a coffee in the middle of the day these are all signs that his body naturally needs sleep 
uh, but he, he knows this more than I do, so I'm not going to argue with him. But I will do, I, I will let you guys know that. So me, <laughs> I'm not good if I don't have sleep. So I, whatever's going on, I will try and get my sleep uh, and at least seven hours. I would love to have nine hours. Oh, I don't think I've had nine hours sleep in a long time. <laughs> yeah, dead. I, don't, I can't remember it. So, exercising regularly. Why does that why does that help? So exercise regularly can help normalize the circadian rhythm, tone down the sympathetic nervous system and regulate endocrine function. So such a huge so exercise is not for weight loss. <laughs> exercise is not for weight loss. In fact, let me tell you this today guys, if you think exercise is going to make a massive difference to your lives, it's not. It's going to make a massive difference to sorry, to your weight loss, it's not. Exercise is 10%. Diet is 90%. 90% diet, 10% exercise, but the effects of exercise on the rest of a rest of your lifestyle, on your stress, on your daily uh, being productive, on your work, on your relationships. That's what it is about a whole lifestyle. It's not just about weight loss. So make sure in your mind, you know why, what's your intent? Why are you exercising? So remember that. So exercise regularly is going to help normalize your circadian rhythms. However, save the intense exercise, like I just said earlier, for the daytime if possible. In the evening, try and do more gradual, especially after six, six, seven is your max. If you're going to sleep at 10, you need to give a few hours where you're, you're too revved up to then go to sleep. Um, sometime when I've done my evening sessions for Free City Fitness, uh, and I've done seven to eight, and they are quite, some of them are intense. I struggle to sleep at half nine. I'm like fully wide awake. I could party till two o'clock, you know, but I know what's going on. I know that that's because I've done that session. And sometimes when I've pushed harder, but it's fine on Friday night because I stay up till midnight because we watch a movie for our date night. So it's fine on, on that Friday night, but on Wednesday and Monday, it's not so fine. Take a bath or a shower. I hope you are having some showers during the lockdowns. <laughs> Why not everybody likes to have a shower or bath at night? Warm water. Warm water is lovely to help us relax. Uh, somebody put an angry face. Someone's crying now. What's going on, guys? Is someone's bath not working or shower not working? Let me know in the comment below those stickers. Tell me what those stickers are about. Emoji stickers, emojis are about. So why not everyone likes to shower or bath at night? Warm shower before bed can help us relax and de-stress, which is key to falling asleep. If you go to um if you go if you go down the warm water route, throw in some. Epson, have you heard of Epson? Some, some of you would have heard these salts. There's magnesium salts. They're magnesium-based Epson. They're called E-P-S-O-M. Pop them in the water. They really help and, and to relax you, especially if you're someone who is busting their ass at the gym. So if you're lifting heavy weights, if you're just really sore, this will really help. So let me say that again, Epson, E-P-S-O-M. That comes in like a box like this. You just pour, it's like salt, it's white. You pour it in and you can um, just pour it in the bath and just relax in it. Actually really helps. So it's got magnesium, it's magnesium based and it's helped to, um, it's known to help with sleep. So some brave souls, um, how about cold shower? <laughs> Swear by cold shower. So my coach, John Berardi, swears by cold shower in the evening something I can't do okay the logic is that the cold water stimulates a strong parasympathetic nervous system response and its response once the initial clock has passed so a short very cold shower will do the trick a short very cold shower 
there is a whole club it's called a 5am club that I keep getting asked to come in with my it's a friend of mine who runs a kundalini yoga and she's asked me to be part of this but I cannot bring myself to do it I do need to do it. I want to do it I want to see how it feels like one day I will I will share my journey when I do this cold showers but this group of people have been having I think it's a 30 day challenge they've been having cold showers every day and they've reported so many things happening to them um, in terms of their productivity levels so give it a try and see which one works for you if you want to try the cold shower or if you're right now someone who's on here who is having cold showers do let me know how do you do it any tips do tell us how do you actually I know like anything in life don't take it to freezing cold straight away let your body go slowly towards that temperature however still the idea of cold water is hard work i'm sorry it's just hard anyway optimizing your sleep environment in addition in addition to creating nightly sleep routine to help improve your sleep quality duration you should ensure your sleep environment i.e the room that you're sleeping is also conductive to sleep a little small adjustments like making it dark okay my son said to me my room is very uh, bright and i need some blackout blinds he has realized himself i was like ah, he doesn't care he's passed out wrong he does realize so making the room dark as possible absolutely helps to create the melatonin that we just talked about it would increase that production because the body is it knows it's dark because we've created that environment and bringing the lights down, dimming them slightly before you go into bed, rather than having bright lights. This is why teenagers find it hard to sleep because they are like this on their phones. Bright light hitting them constantly. Meanwhile, light, particularly blue light, which most electronics that I'm talking about produce, it inhibits melatonin production, makes it harder. So blue light is making you think you should be awake. You should be awake. So if you've been on laptop for late nights, you know how you feel exactly that that's the light that's affecting you so it's that's actually um decreasing your melatonin that needs to be produced because you need to fall asleep so it makes it harder to fall asleep so how can you limit likes of exposure so dim the lights cover your windowsills uh windows well use a motion sensitive or dim dim night light put your iphone in a different room flip it down on its face as well cover the dim um, and uh, cover that alarm clock if you've got alarm clock that's given making a noise or it's very bright remove that from your room you don't want to put it in the put in the landing you can still hear the alarm from there as well again you've got that download that software flux which changes the brightness and tone your screen in time with sunset and sunrise reducing the blue light and then create a relaxing sleeping area that's quiet and clutter free ladies if you are suffering from menopause okay you need to have your windows open you need to even change your pajamas they need to be cotton the silk and the nylon things are not going to work okay you need to have something that absorbs the sweat when you have a, a, a night flash a, a um what's the word i'm looking for Fla um hot flashes it, you need need those things in place now is that mattress being changed some people uh you know you probably don't look at things like that that often you forget about it you're suffering from sleep but you're like i don't know what it is i think it must be stress it could be something as simple as changing your mattress i think investing in mattress pillows and duvets is one of the biggest and most important investment you can make it's more important than having a two-week all-inclusive holidays to turkey right that's that's right miss out there on one year and and actually invest in your bedroom and have that right kind of sleep and ha have the right kind of pillows and do this it particularly if you're going through the change it really is important even if you're not going through the change and you're struggling to sleep those things are going to make a difference and not a nice sleep in a nice cool room oh my god it's like nothing money cannot buy 
is so precious, it's so good. So room temperature, around 67 degrees. If you keep feeling hot, bring the room temperature, really cheaply available, pop it in your bedroom just to see what the temperature is. Hey, Jem, how are you doing? So most people sleep better when it's around 67 degrees. That's the kind of a, the sweet spot. Others sleep better in a neutral room temperature. So making it cooler, colder is better because you're about to go in duvet and you're gonna get hot very quickly. So find out what best, what works for you best. So when I, just before I start my periods, just a week before I start getting hot, it's been like this for years. And I know my periods are coming because my body's getting hot. And so I now know to actually have wear different pajamas and I know to have a my windows open and that I just generally know that I'm gonna be hot. So I when you know these things, then you can make some um, changes to your room, to your to your pajamas, whatever you need to do. Uh, and it's such a small, simple thing. There's, I've actually been coaching some clients who said, oh my God, I didn't think about putting my hair up. I know this is such a small thing, but they this particular person sleeps with their hair down. This is just one of my, my current clients right now. And when we said to her, she said, if I make a ponytail, it hurts here, correct? So when we said to her to bring it up here, we said to her, I did, um, and, and make a ponytail here, just there, see how you feel. Do you know, actually it has made a difference because she's getting sweaty under here, just small things like this. Uh, what the other thing we said to her was to wear a sleeveless uh, pajamas because a short sleeve, again, there's a room to kind of get the you know, breathing space and make it more area the pajamas and that those two things actually helped so tiny little things are gonna make huge difference at the end um, right and how to wake up think of sleep as something that begins at the moment you wake up let that sink in in other words what you do in the day affects what happens at night so let's look at how to wake up while jarring alarm will uh, get gets out of bed I hate the alarm in the morning it's so horrible and I said to Afra, please, can you change it to something nice and softer? Ours is just horrible. It's, it's a phone one. It doesn't exactly start the day on enjoyable night. You, nobody wakes up happily. Not many. Not only that, it jacks up our stress hormones immediately and starts our day in flight and fight mode. So here are some of the humane solutions. Take advantage of natural rhythms. That's scary, isn't it? What if you didn't wake up? So sleep occurs in multiple stages. Alternate, we alternate between deeper and lighter sleep. We sleep more and we sleep more and more lightly as the night goes on. We sleep more and more lightly as the night goes on. If we wake up at night in the, in the right moment, in our lighter sleep stages, we feel reasonably good and we snap, snap out or we snap into alertness quickly. But if we're forced to wake up while we're in a deep sleep, it's like a bear with a sore head. Who relates to that? We feel groggy, disorientated and sleepy. I do actually wake up like that, by the way, mostly. If you if you if Afro was sat here right now, he will tell you. But Afro wakes up very much. He's he's very deep sleeper. He sleeps for a solid six hours without any interruption. You could be hoovering right next to his head, and he won't wake up. So he sleeps, and when he wakes up, he's never ever in a bad mood ever. For four years, I've not seen this guy in a bad mood. He's got a smile on his face. It really annoys me. I'm like, why can't I be like that? But I'm not. I am not very nice in the morning <laughs> i'm just quiet i don't talk a lot i go into, i go straight away get my phone put my put the stretching app on and i'll start to stretch it's 15 minute stretch i don't speak to anyone then and while i'm stretching i'm thinking why am i doing this is so hard this stretch is hard on my head my leg hurts i'm complaining usually um and then slowly i become more positive but that's that's i am that's who i am you know 
uh, and I'm work I'm working on getting better. Afra has said he has asked me, would would you you know it'd be nice if you were smiley the first thing in the morning, but can't have everything. So if we are forced to wake up, which is so he wakes me up, I never wake up personally myself. If you're forced to wake while in deep sleep, you will get up groggy, disorientated, and sleepy, suffering from sleep inertia. Mm. There are many gadgets and apps that will sense your sleep cycles. So there are things that sense your sleep cycles and wake you up when sleeping your lightest. So there is apps that you can, so uh, things like Fitbit can actually tell you that, and a thing called Zeo, so Z-E-O. You can also track your sleep with gadgets and just see how much deep sleep you've got. Uh, and how much uh, of not and how much awake were you in the middle of the night so now it'd be lovely to wake up to the light um, the human body is designed to get sleepy when it's dark designed to and wake up when it's light however it's not always feasible to wake up with sun like we said this is especially true if you use light blocking shades to keep your room as dark as possible uh, my son's room like I said from 2 30 onwards um, it, it, there's light coming into his room but he is asleep for most of it and about seven o'clock he will wake up it's quite nice to be honest his room is so again using dawn uh, stimulating alarm clock so there's lots of different things now uh, that you can use there's a thing called uh, BioBright. BioBright is that it slowly lights up the room um, and then reaching to maximum brightness at the wake up time so say you put an alarm on for 6 30 it actually starts to um, light up your room at 6 and by 6 30 you'll have bright light in the room so not natural light, obviously. But it's called BioBright. So I'm going to look up in Google and have a look if that's something that you might want to use. So increasing the light has been shown to raise a cholesterol, um, cortisol hormone in the morning, which is an important signal for the body to wake up. And it, imp it improves your sleep quality. It can even decrease depressive symptoms in seasonal affect disorders. It can actually do that too. So wake up soft, slowly, to building noises <laughs> some types of alarm clock such as progressive alarm clock apps so there are progressive alarm clock apps that you can use will also gradually increase noise or music you can wake up to music because that's quite nice to do that so that you can slowly lift out of sleep rather than being suddenly and rudely awakened because that's horrible could be a nice soft mellow dj music in the morning and then the best thing you can do is not stay asleep Okay, this is when people just keep snoozing their alarms constantly, you have bad days as a result of that. So the best thing is, and there is a massive research, uh, massive research, however, there's, it's not scientific yet. People do say, get moving right away, um, that straight away put your feet on the floor the minute you wake up. I will say just do it slowly. Don't get up in a massive shock and there you go. Before you know it, you are, you know, feeling a bit dizzy and you've fallen down because you've just given yourself a little shock uh, but don't snooze your alarm though once you've snoozed your alarm and then you do it again you're now starting your day on a negative because you are not liking what's just happened so you're now telling yourself oh, why am i waking up why is this alarm going off i don't want to be up i want to be asleep this is a nightmare i'm still tired i'm so tired that's how you're waking up versus accepting that this is the alarm that the clock that you've set and then you're up and then you're doing whatever routine that you have and that's a whole new topic for another day what do you do for early morning routine and i know i understand i haven't spoken about that yet so maybe next week we talk about how to set up a morning routine for success pretty good i just made that actual topic up um, i don't know what the topic looks like right now but i'm sure that i will share my own routine with you uh, which has been which has been there for a few years now actually um, and I didn't think I would ever be able to do that, but I, I, I'm surprised how many things I fit in in the morning before my kids wake up. 
and uh, and it feels good to get those things done it really does thank you so much guys any any questions about sleep i hope that these tips i've given you are um useful and a few things that i've spoken about that you can actually start to use and improve your sleep and if you are struggling with anything um for feel free to actually message me uh, when we when I'm coaching anybody about weight that you the people people who come to me and we're talking about weight loss coaching I have to talk about sleep in fact sometimes we talk about sleep more than we actually have to talk about food because if I can get their sleep in order if I can help them to understand how important it is we can start to make a difference on the entire lifestyle of theirs versus just one metric uh, which is the actual number on the scale so sleep is very important for a good lifestyle healthy lifestyle and it's in line with is in fact is high up there in terms of your exercise and nutrition so that's the third like really important pillar in terms of um, sleep and also recovery so sleep will come under recovery uh, as well so I hope you enjoyed it thank you so much for being with me you guys thank you Sharon thank you for staying on for I don't know how long we've been talking for for quite long uh, and I hope you enjoyed it take care guys I'll catch you next Thursday same time and like I said, we're going to talk about the morning routine and how to set one up for success. Speak to you next Thursday. Take care. Well, speak to you tomorrow morning. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. This is Farah again. I wanted to invite you to the best thing I've ever created inside the Deep Health community. It's a challenge and we call it the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Every professional woman is one challenge away from achieving the life where she can gain control over her health and her weight loss. I've created this challenge to help you lose up to 10 pounds in weight no matter where you are in your weight loss journey. This challenge is going to help you to understand why the diets you've tried in the past that haven't worked and why eating this way can revolutionize the way you look at food and transform your body and create that ultimate success. I recommend highly you do this right now. Stop this video, pause it, go online and press the 30dayantidietchallenge.com and join the next challenge. The next challenge starts in few days.